0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another big weekend in Scottish football. Celtic maintain their lead at the top with a convincing win over Hearts at Tynecastle. Rangers had temporarily cut the gap after cruising past Hibs in Philippe Clement's first game in charge. And Kilmarnock get a much needed win as the weather causes havoc with the weekend fixture card. And now on to Europe. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight you have Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. And a huge week ahead, Gordon, for Scotland's five biggest clubs. Celtic, a chance for a first home win in a Champions League group game in ten years against Atletico Madrid and Wednesday night. Rangers try to make up for the lethargy in Limassol when they chase their first away points in the Europa League group in Prague on Thursday. Aberdeen take on... Sorry, Andy. Hearts conquerors, Pauk Salonika, looking for their first Euro win on Thursday. And then Hearts and Hibs need to do much, much better against the old firm next weekend than they did last weekend. Yep. Uh, obviously, the storm was the major talking point at the start yeah. of the weekend. Affected a lot of the fixtures in Scottish football. And then you've got to say the three fixtures that were played, uh, pretty comfortable victories for both. But plenty of talking points as of that. And then we've got European football to look forward to during the week as well. Yes. Do you, do you mean Storm Babette or Storm O'Reilly? Oh, Storm Babette, thankfully. 01419511025. That is the number you need. So let's hear from you then. What did you make of the weekend's action? It's easy. On a Monday night, you're looking back on what happened in the league action and it's even easier on weeks like this because you can preview Europe if you so wish but to start by looking back Rangers fans it was the start of the Philippe Clement era so how would you assess it what was different what did you like was there anything you didn't like were there things that get you excited going forward is there still a long way to go what jumped out at you from Philippe Clement's first game in charge what did you learn what was different 0141951 1025 Celtic fans are you just starting to motor quite nicely I know there's been a bit of change at Ibrooks and that takes the focus but are you ticking along quite the thing and maybe starting to hit your stride at this important part of the season what did you make of the game at Tynecastle how good is Matt O'Reilly is he the next main man to really take the team by storm pick up that phone and let us know there were big talking points within that game as well, 01419511025. Any Kilmarnock fans that want to brag? Any Partick Thistle fans that want to cry? Anyone else that wants to get in touch? 01419511025. Maybe you're just feeling left out because your game didn't beat the weather at the weekend. You can come up with a point and put it across to the guys as well. You know the number, but for the 10th time already, 01419511025. Let's hear from you right now please and to set the scene for you to get you in the mood result of the weekend where are you going Roger Hanna Andy Halliday uh, I'm going to go with Rangers I just thought there was a lot of anticipation with Philippe Clement's first game uh, some nervousness in the ground beforehand maybe as well as excitement with the way the last couple of weeks have gone but I thought it was a very professional performance and to be honest I thought in the end up I thought four flatter tips I mean granted you don't have a lot to choose from <laughs> because there wasn't that many games but what else jumped out Roger I'm going to go for Dundee United. Um, I genuinely thought Saturday was a big contest in the championship title race, if you like. Partick Thistle have been the team that looked most likely to challenge Dundee United for the title, and United went and won 5-0 at Fur Hill. That is laying down a marker. OK, goal of the weekend. 
Well, I only had three games to, to pick from in the top flight, so I was going to have to mention it at some point, and I've got to go for Matt O'Reilly. Uh, fantastic goal. I, I, I thought everything about it. I thought the move, the pass, the composure, the run, the finish. And, uh, you know, I like to go for a bit of a team goal, but, and I thought that had a bit of both because it certainly came with a, a bit of individual magic as well, and it's a fantastic, fantastic finish for a guy that's in, in top form just now. Andy said fantastic not every goal needs to be fantastic not every goal needs to be spectacular some goals have a hugely important hidden meaning and any goal that makes Gordon DL make Mark Wilson's coffee for a month is a huge goal well done Serial Dessels yeah we don't usually encourage gambling in the studio but there was a, a small wager a month's worth of coffee if Serial Dessels scores wow. and uh, Mark Wilson came out on top in that one so uh, anyway what about your howler of the weekend howler of the weekend Sorry Andy, I'm going to have to go for your teammate Callum Neuwenhoff um, Well a lot of great performances in the Hearts team against Celtic yesterday But I thought Neuwenhoff was not great Lost Matt O'Reilly for the first goal Lost the ball for the second goal And Hearts sort of lost the plot a wee bit after that And it's a toss up for whether there were more Celtic fans or Hearts fans in time Castle at the final whistle uh, We'll put you down for a no comment on that one yeah, is, that, is, that, is that suitable and for I'll you? Try and I'll try and flip it towards the other end of the, of the spectrum And I'm going to go VAR I don't think VAR done its job in helping out uh, Nick Walsh A stress before the thousands and thousands of calls come through I don't think it altered the result whatsoever But uh, I thought the decision not to overturn the Celtic penalty was a poor one for VAR did Dan Budge put you up to that? No, no, no. Sure? That's off my own accord. Is there not a knee in the back of Kyogo's knee? No, there was no. a a, a, a calf of Kyogo into the I'm, into I'm, the knee, Alex Cochran. Okay, well we can maybe argue about that later on. And top man, top performer of the weekend. Top man has to be Kevin Holt. Yeah, um, so. He was getting it in the neck from the Thistle fans, returning to Farhill, and for a left-sided centre back to score a hat trick away from home against his old club. To put United clear at the top of the championship Well done Kevin Yeah that's not bad I don't mind that I'm going to go for Kyle Vassell uh, I think going into the season You've really felt that Kilmarnock needed that focal point up front uh, Bringing in Marley Watkins was a huge coup But you always felt that any success they had Was going to be down to, to Kyle Vassell And he's obviously struggled for fitness at the start of the season And you know when Kilmarnock are on a seven game winless run uh, they needed somebody to come up big And I thought he did that with his two goals in his overall performance Right, come on then You can agree or disagree with that stuff That's just a bit of fun at the start of the show But you never know, you might have found something that you disagree with 01419511025 How do you look back on the weekend's football? Very straightforward Celtic fans, if we start yesterday and work backwards How good was that performance? Is that the high point of the season now? Who's jumping out for you? I'm assuming it's going to be Matt O'Reilly Certainly amongst the names how good is he? Do you feel he's kicked on to another level this season? Is there anything uh, in terms of big moments in the game you want to discuss? Andy Halliday doesn't think it was a, a penalty, not one that really altered the outcome of the game, certainly. Um, but either way, get your calls in on that game. Rangers fans, it was always going to be interesting because for two weeks we've spoke about Rangers' new manager uh, and all building up to his first game in charge. So what did you learn? What did you see? What was different was there things that excited you? Is there still room for improvement? Roger Hanna was there, so you've got a fellow eyewitness as well. Uh, maybe Hibs fans, what about you? Were you maybe disappointed at the way your team set up? Not uh, maybe making life difficult for Rangers, maybe playing into Rangers' hands a bit. 01419511025. Any disgruntled Partick Thistle fans out there or anything else at all? 01419511025. Get your calls in, please. Or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. Uh, you were there, Roger Hanna, at Ibrooks at the weekend. 
Yeah, I was. Um, and as I said in the show on Saturday night, it, there was a different feel to Rangers. There was a different look to Rangers. Um, I think any praise that is lavished on Philip Clement and his team in the next couple of hours has to be slightly tempered by the fact that Hibernian were really poor. Yeah. They were as poor as I've seen Hibernian under Nick Montgomery. But you can still only beat the team that's put in front of you. Um, and I'll be fascinated now to see if the team gets a real lift, if the self-belief, if the confidence is increased off the back of that 4-0 win as they go to Prague, which will be a difficult game, and then back to Ibrox for Hearts on Sunday. OK, 01419511025, that is the number you need. Maybe you too were an eyewitness at Ibrox at the weekend. Maybe you managed to see the game. Uh, tell us what you thought. What did you learn? Celtic fans, how good was yesterday? How impressed are you with Matt O'Reilly? Is he starting to show that he's the main man? Maybe there were others last season. Um, not to say he wasn't good, but is he now sort of coming to the fore as the real driving force of that team? Why not let us know? John is a Rangers fan first, though. What did you learn, John? Hello, John. Hello? I've got you now, John. What did you, you learn? Know, what did you, what learn? you learn at the weekend? Um, I learned that some of these players just aren't up physically to compete in all four competitions. And that's why I think going out of Europe completely to save the league is a good option. Wow. Uh, what, what would you mean what, in particular? What, so you, were you impressed with Rangers, but you thought that the effort, uh, the, well, sort of the energy levels at the end weren't up to speed? Elaborate a bit for us. Overall performance was good. I thought end of the first half, you could see the players were getting, were getting a bit leggy. And then after after the break, when they came in, they looked, looked a lot sharper. And then towards the end, again, they were, they were looking a bit tired. Well, I think Philip Clement would probably agree with you, John. I mean, well, he said... play, I'll play that clip for you. I was going to do it later on the show, but it's the beauty of live radio. Things change. The new Rangers boss says it's important that they back that result up. He thinks it's key that they keep getting the players in better physical shape. There need to be confirmation. It's like uh, the honeymoon, everything is new. They need to confirm this uh, the next weeks, the next months. On the downside for me is that I see a player falling out after 10 minutes. I see other players who had struggled to play 90 minutes also. There are still several players injured or coming back out of injury. So that's going to be also a main task uh, together with the performance staff to get everybody at this best physical level to produce this kind of games and better every three days the next couple of months. It's not about one moment doing it and then afterwards being too tired to do it again three days later so we have still a, a lot of job to do but I'm really happy about the reaction and I'm most happy also to see how fast the synergy between players and fans was back today I'm most happy about that and it's because the team started in the way I wanted them to start with directly high pressing with creating chances and then uh, the fans followed and they they stayed on top of the players in a positive way until the end and that needs to be our strength for the next couple of months, also in the more difficult moments. feels like this is going to be a real theme. He sat in his pre-match press conference, said the players weren't fit enough. Also spoke about injuries, wanting to work closer with players and try and limit the number of injuries. And after his first game in charge, he's you know, mentioned it again. And he's spoken in depth about it. He's spoken in depth about how previous clubs, you know, he didn't just build relationship with players. He wanted to build relationship with background teams, sports science people, nutrition people, physios, because he wants to understand their work. He wants to understand the fitness levels of the players. Um, it wasn't just a case of him saying in Friday, Gordon, the players aren't fit enough. Because you've heard managers saying that in mm -hmm. the past. He actually elaborated by saying... 
the players aren't fit enough and I think this could have a contributory factor to the long list of, of long-term injuries. You know, he's already missing, you know, Matondo's still out, Lawrence is still out, I think there's other players, you look at the weekend, Cantwell got on, you know, only for the last few minutes, as did Danilo, Ryan Jack and Kamar Roof didn't come off the bench at all, they weren't quite ready for that yet, so Philippe Clement wants to get to a situation where his Rangers players are performing better on the pitch, but he also wants to get to a situation where the players are in the optimum physical condition, A, to perform, and B, to prevent injury. Yeah, I, I think the biggest issue with that is is the fact that the availability of Rangers players, not only this year, but last year. You even look at the injury list last season, we were missing a lot of key players and key areas of the field for a, a long period of time. And, you know, to be at, you know, optimum physical level, uh, I think you probably need to be that to play this style of football that Philip Clement's talking about and the way he wants to play it. And we've seen a, a glimpse of that at the weekend. It is high press, it's high it's high tempo on the ball. They want to play forward quickly, they want to run forward quickly. Uh, and if Rangers want to be competing at, uh, in full competitions, then they're certainly going to have to be at optimum level to play that, that style. Yeah, John, what what did you like? What, what, what did you see in a positive sense that you think can be worked on going forward? I think the best thing was there was a bit of fight. They wanted it more than how I saw. Which under view it wasn't the case. There was no passion. There was no. There was no teamwork. There was nothing with under view. So I think this this new manager so far it looks very positive. I mean, you were there, Roger. <coughs> I almost I could have told you that. I was going to say I could have told you there would have been more fight. That's the wrong way of praising. It. I could have told you we would get calls to say there, there was more fight. Well, I don't. I don't know if that. Is it just always the case in, in game one under a new manager or what, what's... I'm not so sure it is, but if you want one moment that sort of epitomised that and just proved John's point, it was in the build-up to the second goal. Hibs like to play it out from the back, like to play it through midfield. And the ball got played from the back to Joe Newell, 25 yards from his own goal. And of all players, Sam Lammers went in with the challenge. It was a challenge Nick Montgomery wasn't happy with. He believed VAR should have gone back and penalised Lammers for the challenge. But both Don Robertson and the VAR, who I think was Greg Aiken at the weekend, rolled the tackle fine. Ball breaks to Raskin. Raskin puts it in the bottom corner. But it was down, actually, to a sort of desire and a commitment by Lammers that hadn't really been seen before Saturday. I think as well... The main Rangers want to play under this new manager. I thought Hibs sort of played into their hands with, with uh, you know, trying to dominate the ball at times, trying to play high up the pitch and, you know, leaving the gaps for Rangers to hit them quickly on transitions. It will be interesting to see the style that Philip Clement wants to see when they are playing a, I don't want to, you know, call out teams, but they are playing like a, a Livingston, a Ross County, a Kilmarnock, somebody that's going to come to Ibrooks and, and be stuffy and be hard to beat. I think that's when you then see the test of this new high tempo football that they're trying to play. But uh, I thought, you know, Hibbs' naivety out of possession was uh, made it quite easy for Rangers in the end. I thought it f- in the first half there was there was areas where, uh, where where Rangers struggled a little bit, maybe trying to play forward a bit too quickly uh, and making wrong decisions. But I thought the second half was as as, com- as comfortable. Forty five minutes I've seen from Rangers this what, season. What was immediately different? Because people always talk about kind of fight, and, and John did. These are the things you can't quite always you know put your finger on. But what I don't know tactically or whatever. What was immediately different? The first thing I noticed was actually out of possession. Uh, you know, pressing a, in a 4-4-2 with Lammers coming up uh, alongside Dessers, trying to press really, really highly. But not only that, once Hibs sort of beat the first line of pressure, Rangers were quite happy to sort of sit at the edge of their box and say, you know, come on, come try and break us down. And then that then, the interesting thing for, for Rangers and Philippe come on with that is, you know, encouraging almost Hibs to get, you know, 
allow for uh, Hibs players to get further up the field and then create that space in the transitions that they clearly have spoke about all week. The reason that I thought it was a bit stuffy in the first half of Rangers was there was areas to maybe play that sideways pass to then go forward. I thought they tried to play forward too quickly, too soon. And, uh, and that allowed Hibs to have a wee bit of control in certain times. I actually looked at the, the half-time stats. Hibs having 52% possession in the first half at Ibrox. If you've seen that without watching the game, you'd thought Rangers are probably struggling in the first half. I'm not saying that at all. But then I thought the decision-making with that in the second half was a lot better. A lot quicker in their attacks, a lot better decision-making. And then it, it turned into what could have been six or seven and they end up in the second half. Absolutely. And the 4 4 2 thing's funny because... There's a lot of criticism always in this show for, for Tavernier and Barisic defensively. I know Barisic went off early and Yilmaz came on. But when Rangers went out of position, Scott Wright was back as a right-sided midfielder in front of Tavernier protecting Seema, who has now got something like seven goals in seven games and is seen as a, an out-and-out striker, was back in left midfield protecting the left-back. Lammers, as Andy said, pushed up next to Dessers. They led the press and it looked... It looked more organised, they looked more width. You know, Michael Beale seemed to prefer a number 10 or two number 10s in there. It was all very narrow. Now there's proper width, you can see. And it, it, it was almost a sort of back to basics, if you like, Gordon. The players instantly knew what they were supposed to be doing when they didn't have the ball just as they knew what they were doing when they had the ball thank you to John 01419511025 how do you look back on your team's performance and results and the talking points from the weekend get your calls in now and we'll try and speak to you next Clyde One Super Scoreboard listen and watch check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here. We're looking back on the weekend's big talking points, so get in touch and let us know what you are thinking. Tony is a Rangers fan. What did you take away from Philippe Clement's first game in charge, Tony? How are you doing tonight, guys? All right? Good, Hugh. Hi, Tony. Yep. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. No, I was sitting your producer there. It was good to see a team actually come out and try and attack at Ibrooks rather than 10 men behind the ball. I think if we'd have played a team that had 10 men behind the ball, you wouldn't have had the spaces to get some of the goals and stuff they got. So although we obviously won 4-0, but it was good to see a team actually coming out and being brave and trying to attack. Good for who? For Hibs. For Rangers. Exactly. Good for, is it good for anyone else, Tony? Was it good for Hibs? Was it, you know, because we, we, we do this a lot, don't we? You know, should you be more pragmatic? And you know, what, 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 what was good about it? I get, I as a Rangers fan, it was great for you. Have, but. If you're a Hibs fan, I think it's good to see your team not just shutting up and can I just expect an attack, attack. It's good to see a bit of bravery, although you won 4 0, but it's good to see that under the new manager that they're willing to attack the bigger teams. Yeah, I don't think Hibs fans yeah. will agree. You know something? It's funny. I said at 10 3 that I was looking forward to Martin Boyle against Borna Barisic and we're looking forward to Eli Yuan against James Tavernier and Dylan Venta in his first game at Ibrox. What could he bring? And they were hardly seen in the game. Now, they did try and play. They were bold. David Marshall would roll it out to one of his defenders to try and play it into midfield to Joe Newell. And I just didn't think it worked. And Nick Montgomery, and I'm not sure whether this, a, this is a positive thing or a negative thing, continued to do it, even though it wasn't working and he wasn't getting Boyle into the game and he wasn't getting Yuan or Venter or Adam LaFondra into the game. He kept doing it and he kept doing it and Rangers kept getting on top and Rangers kept stealing the ball and Rangers kept scoring goals. So I think when you see Nick Montgomery bring Hibs to Ibrox the next time, I think you see a different Hibs. And 
who was the last team to win at Ibrox? The team that did for Michael Beale was Aberdeen, who came in a four-five-one, looked a far more mm-hmm. negative lineup on the face of it, a far more negative personnel, far more negative formation, and yet the Sock Rangers yeah. in and they won three-one. Yeah, because that's a, it. Doesn't mean you need to stink the game out, Andy, and, and hold on for a nil-nil. As Roger says, Aberdeen did it, scored three times. But if, if you're anyone other than a Rangers fan, Tony saying oh, it was good to see Hibs come and play that way. Mm-hmm. They made life very easy for Rangers, and that's not to take anything away from Rangers. But it was, it was, it was odd to see at times. But I, I, I've got respect for for Nick McGovern the way he approached the game as well. But what I will say is, is if you've got ambitions to come and play, that's great. But out of possession, if you want to go after teams, you want a high press. Your distances still need to be right. You still have to be compact. If a team's high press. You can still be compact in your lines where your midfield squeeze, your, def- your defender squeeze. I just thought their shape out of possession was so sporadic that it made it really, really easy for, for Rangers to pick them off. I thought in possession they were brave, uh, but just loose at certain areas of the time. I thought first half they had mm. you know decent amount of control in certain spells without really threatening yeah. or without uh, causing Rangers too much problems. But out of possession, I still think you have to uh, you have to be pragmatic. You have to have you have to be hard to, hard to beat at times and I don't think they were in the game I've just got a theory Roger um, that no one will care about I'm sure and I can't really base it on much but I always feel that the time when Rangers are the best example at the moment Celtic are maybe a bit different when they're most nailed on to win these games is when the other teams think they're there for the taking it reminds me of a game about a year ago remember Aberdeen came to Ibrox yeah. Rangers were perceived to be in crisis and if they, and if they was, by the way Aberdeen are going to go and they're going to have a yeah. right go Rangers beat them 4-1 in our league unfortunately Rangers even 20-30% off it yeah. are still probably got more than than Aberdeen or Hibs and I, I sometimes wonder if teams come and get a wee bit carried away by the notion that they might get something just going to ask Andy, any, any team meetings yet? Her heart's going to approach it at Ibrox <laughs> on Sunday. Do we, are they going to do an Aberdeen and sit off, or are they going to do a Hibs and attack? Yeah, not started yet, so okay. we'll soon see tomorrow. But but I think I, it doesn't need to be one or the other, though, right? As Roger said, there, surely there's scope for Hibs to actually be quite disciplined, but then really go and hurt Rangers on the counter attack because they've got the quickest, yeah, you know, duo in the league, arguably, in Ewan yeah. and Boyle. Yeah, definitely. But it's like I said, I thought their issue was more out of possession than uh, I thought that was the, the the greater issue than in possession. In terms, of I just thought that I mean, even just look at the first goal, for example. That's that they've actually went long for the first goal. It's a David Marshall goal kick or a free kick, and they went long. But such were their distances when the ball drops. It turns out that Seamus got a one-on-one with the goalkeeper for the halfway line. I know there's a bit of a ricochet and a bit of fortune before it, but for me, that just tells me you're, you're not set up properly, you're, you don't smell any danger, you're not alert to any danger, and just your distances aren't right. And, and like I said, second half, is it, Raskin had a one-on-one for the halfway line yeah. where you were 4-0 down. Uh, for me, that's you know that's not right. And We talk about Nick Montgomery being really brave and sticking with his principles, and I respect that. Ange Postecoglou was no different with Celtic in Europe. And there was a lot, of, you know, every time we would say like, oh, fair play, they're, they're, they're really competing at that level, they're taking it to teams, but then they would maybe, maybe lose 3-0. But for me, we talk about it all the time, you've got to be adaptable, you still have to be, you know, compact in your lines, and like you say, still have a clear game plan that you, you can mm. go and hurt them. You, you, know, you know what's a good example? Your boys, when Motherwell went there the other Sunday, they lost 1-0, but they actually emerged with all the credit from the game, but, you know, for the performance. I thought that probably struck the middle ground that you're talking about, the way they approached the game that day, because defensively, they were reasonably solid. They only yeah. lost that one goal, but they did pose problems. You know, Jack Butland had saves to make. Anyway, Tony, we've gone on a big rant about how Hibs set up. What did you make of your own team and what you spot?
spotted under the new manager Yeah it was really good to see them attacking and fighting for each other you could see all the players kind of getting together and when Dessa scored and one of the big things was when the, when the players were coming off as subs Clement actually took a couple of minutes to speak to them and encourage them so it was good to see um, I, do, I, I don't want to get too carried away because obviously it was only one game but I'm hopeful that it's going to work out for us I actually mentioned that in the show on Saturday night. It was noticeable, Tony, right from the start. You're talking about the players coming off. Even when Borna Barisic came off early in the first half with that injury, you know, the man, he was going to walk past the manager, but the manager grabbed him and spoke to him. And, you know, it was almost kind of words of encouragement, even though he was coming off. And the same with Cyril Dessers, who was in a completely different mood to Barisic when he came off because he just scored that goal. He had just put Rangers 4 0 up. He came off, Danilo went on. And again, the manager grabbed him, and it was sort of words of encouragement. And you know, it would, there was just a different feel about it all. What do you make of Sima, Tony, when you look at his goal return recently? At the start, I wasn't a fan of him. I thought he was hopeless, but now the past couple of games, he's been really good, really direct. I just, I just think all the years we wanted a right winger when we had Ryan Kent, if we'd have had the two of them, then we'd have been on fire. Andy, we always talk about numbers, and you can't certainly argue with that. He's getting nine. Goals this season But really you know since you know, Seven of them have come since Late September season He's in a brilliant goal scoring run He scored in five games in a row um, What do you make of his recent contribution? Yeah he, he's clearly obviously been a really important player for Rangers Over the last few games I think he's uh, I think he's grown into his role What I will say is I think he's a lot better out wide Than he has sort of playing as a, as a focal point Which he did at the start of the season Under uh, under Michael Beal And uh, if I'm being honest He's not that easiest on the eye but you've got to say he's extremely effective if you just look at his numbers nine goals already this season uh, you've got he's pretty similar to Fashion Sakala in terms of you, know, you always feel he's got something in him he's going to create or get a goal uh, while not being you know, as easy on the eye but probably you look at Sam Lammers which is almost the opposite where he looks quite technical easy on the eye but he's not quite got the end product and listen you ask any Rangers fan you know what you'd rather you'd rather the guy that's scored nine goals in seven and seven so fair play to him and, and long may it continue for him yeah, uh, you know, he does look raw in moments. I thought the first 10 or 15 minutes he was awful on Saturday. And then. He does know, that sometimes. Yeah, doesn't he? and he, he was on the left hand side with Barisic and there, there was no link. And then he was on the left hand side with Red Van Yelmaz and there was no link there. And actually, the first goal came when he, when he swapped over temporarily because, you know, Rangers were initially defending. He broke forward and took that goal and it just transformed him. And I thought it was a smart finish. Dessel should have scored in the second half. There was probably a handball in there as well. And he, he took the chance really well, you know, to it's last home the second. Fantastic finishes you've got to yeah, say. Even, even, yeah, even yeah. the one in Limassol as well. It's a it's a brilliant header. It's it's a you know for someone that he, he he's not the most technically sound. You've got to say any any time he's had a chance in front of goal, he's and putting that away really well. Watch these phone lines light up. He's scored more than Kyogo. That's all I'm saying. I don't get it. Was what's going to what light does up? That mean? What are they going to light up? Well, everyone would say, you know, he's not very good. He's scored more goals mm. in this season than Kyogo's mm, okay. Um If you feel the need to phone in, you can do. Um, I'm trying to think about the other... I mean, Annie's land had tweeted there actually about that handball that you mentioned, but obviously it ends up in a goal. So yeah, I think, it listen, I it's, think it's not Don, Don Robertson did the right thing. Don Robertson waved play on. I think if had Seema put it into the Copeland Road stand, then I think they would have been a penalty awarded. Um, Nick Montgomery felt aggrieved. He thought... Was it Nicholas Raskin's goal shouldn't have stood? Yeah, Lammers challenging Newell. Foul on Newell. Has no. he got a point? No. For you? No, no. I, I, just look at Joe Newell's reaction. It tells you everything. He's more disappointed with the fact that he loses the ball and, you know, Sam Lammers wins the ball. Uh, yeah, no foul. I've got a theory on this show that Gordon DL is always 
far too harsh on goalkeepers and, it's, and therefore I just like to stick up for them just to annoy him but I'll still ask the question in the interests of fairness does David Marshall will he be disappointed by his high standards clearly not a howler Nicholas Raskin's goal can he get down quicker well and I said at the time um, I thought he could get down quicker to it so again I thought I've maybe been a wee bit harsh on him um, change your I, mind again I, no no what I was going to say was I actually spoke to Daz after we came off here on Saturday night and was having this discussion and Daz says no I mean the second goal I thought you should have saved the first one I, 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 do you know what I did see someone else mention that well, I think that's harsh I think the yeah. first one's harsh I think it's very well okay, struck let's, let's settle on the Raskin one uh, I thought you answered it pretty perfectly in your question I think for <laughs> us it's not a howler but I think by David Marshall's standards I think he'll look back and be disappointed and, 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 and it's not a howitzer either you know you see the power Which that Iwata yeah. you know, scores with nothing like that in no. Raskin's shot it's easy 25 yards out maybe it's not perfectly struck don't get me wrong it's right in the corner but I think someone a, a, a David Marshall's calibre I think will be disappointed with it OK 01419511025 that's the number you need thank you very much to Tony on the line you can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB Robert says biggest difference I saw was players played with a smile on their face Raskin and Seema were superb Tavernier silenced a lot of criticism a great performance all round says Robert yeah again as we were doing the phone in on Saturday night just the way the, the Radio Clyde seats are in the gantry at Ibrox I was actually looking down on the players and I think Dessers was the last one to come back off the pitch. He had gone on to join the ones who were there at the final whistle to milk about the applause and he was the last one to come off and it was noticeable, the big grin in his face, Gordon. Probably because we haven't seen very much of it in the short time he's been a Rangers player. He looked a different person and I think the Rangers fans will be hoping that that goal at the end, as well as getting Mark Wilson a month load of coffee, is going to get them, you know, a transformed number nine. Right, come on then, it might have cut the gap at the top for a while but you Celtic fans will be delighted at the way your team responded I'm sure very convincing uh, and Andy Halliday had an interesting view of it all so why not focus attention on the game at Tynecastle Get, pick up the phone right now whilst I run this past you I'm struggling of ways to reword this because it is the same scenario over and over again. Last time out on Make Me A Winner, the call went to five rings with nobody picking up, which means eight rollovers on the bounce. That is an unacceptable wow. statistic. It is the final week of the competition. We want to get a winner every day for the rest of the week. It's now up to £130,000. Do not miss out on £130,000 because... A, you didn't pick up within five rings or B, you didn't say make me a winner straight away when the call came you need to be in the draw so text yes to 61025 two pounds to text plus your standard network rate online entry at clyde1.com cost two pounds or call 0330-880-4523 with those calls charged at a standard rate it is over 18s only all the rules for this network competition are online and remember entries since David won way back now on Wednesday the 11th of October have rolled over if you get the call after 3pm tomorrow Tuesday the 24th answer within five rings say make me a winner straight away to win £130,000 and if there's no winner it goes behind the bar at the Super Scoreboard Christmas night out and you do not want to see the outcome of that so text yes to 61025 for your chance to win 
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And the holiday is here. Roger Hanna's alongside him. It's 0141-951-1025 or Twitter, X, whatever it's called at Clyde SSB. Malcolm's a Celtic fan. What are you thinking tonight, Malcolm? I'm out for a nice walk. Yeah, hello, guys. Uh, team, I'm out for a nice walk, and I just got choked with Roger Hanna. He did say the lines would light up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, on, I'm only here to attract callers, Malcolm. Malcolm. I'm Malcolm. only kidding you, and don't worry. Don't you're, fall for him, Malcolm. Man, you're poor man. Seema and uh, <laughs> Kyogo is like Chris Boyd and Eric Lawson. Come on now. I don't open, don't open that. I, I, knew, I knew someone would bite last. I'm only kidding you. I think yesterday's goal for Kyogo was his 60th goal for Celtic in 95 games, which I think is one fewer than Henry Larson managed to in. So there is no questioning Kyogo's quality. There is no questioning Kyogo's goal-scoring ability. He got one against Lazio in match day two, and he'll be Celtic's biggest weapon in match day three against Atletico on Malcolm, Wednesday Malcolm, can you hear him backtracking over the sound of the wind out in your walk? I, I, I'll give him that. It's a good bit of backtracking there. I like it. I Unbelievable. Like it. Shameless. That's like it's out of Hugh Keevan's playbook, that, trying to tease the poor callers in. Um, how impressed were you with Celtic yesterday, Malcolm? Unbelievable performance there. Great team performance. I just like the way they, they control games now. I loved it under hands. That was the best football I've ever seen. But uh, seeing the way they're starting to control games is is frightening. Really good to watch. And Mark O'Reilly is just, oh, what a player. I'm going to guess Andy Haldy wouldn't sort of go along with the good to watch bit. Um, I mean, fair play for turning up to your work tonight. Um, because in your day job, uh, you know, how did it look for you from your perspective yesterday? Yeah, I think if you go into any game against Celtic, you have to be at your best or close to your best to get in from the game. Uh, and if you're way off your level and Celtic play arguably for me their best performance of the season, it's going to be a long afternoon. Uh, and I thought it was exactly that. I thought Celtic were excellent for the get go. Uh, it's very very difficult when you have a, a game plan throughout the week to. Uh, to plan ahead and you can see the goal uh, after three minutes a goal that got my goal of the week such was the quality within Celtic uh, but you know it was interesting to me because I think we spoke at length about Brendan Rodgers and the Celtic team from the start and uh, I think at times they've been labelled a bit a bit ponderous a bit slow in terms of their tempo I thought they were anything but yesterday uh, and what interested me was sitting from my, my, my regular seat this season on the bench was uh, the amount of times Brendan Rodgers was screaming at his midfielders, two touch, two touch, two touch, two touch, every time they touched the ball. Uh, and that probably led to what was a quicker tempo, quicker intensity. Uh, and like I said, mm. led to Celtic's best performance. Is it the same seat on the bench every week? Or do you like Same seat, it's mine now. It's there every week. So nobody can take it. So you might be like, you shout that like, same seats. And you got like used to doing the school bus. <laughs> it's like a barber's chair. Um, yeah, what did, what. Elaborate on that. That's obvious, like without patronising your state in the obvious. That's why you guys are here. You get that insight and that view that Roger Hanna and the rest of us will never get. So, what else did you notice about, you know, what what Celtic are doing now? Because there's been this obsession all season. Understandably, you know how would it compare to last season and the styles and all that. Well, stuff? for me, I, I I can I think there's a contrast with what I seen from the start of the season. I thought at the start it was a clear four two three one where it was David Tumble in a number ten and Kyogo up front. And I thought Kyogo played very, very deep for the first sort of six, seven, eight games of the season. I, for me, I, I just didn't think it suited him. Uh, we talked about it so many times last season where he plays that sort of offside role where 
you know, he's standing five yards behind the centre half where it makes it almost impossible to mark him. They all know where he is at times. Uh, and I think they've got back to that over the last couple of games, especially for what I seen yesterday. Uh, I thought Kyogo played as a, an out and out number nine on the shoulder of defenders throughout the game. I thought Hatati and O'Reilly played as they sort of two tens where they were they were playing off the back of our midfielders and making it very, very difficult to mark them. Again, coincides to the second goal, made his goal. For me, that was an Ange goal last year. You know, play it wide, a, a, a number eight running behind, you slip him, you cut it across goal. I've seen it maybe 15, 20 times last season. Uh, and that, like I said, I, I think the biggest thing for me, is it just the team getting used to the way Brendan Rodgers wants to play or has there been a little bit of a tweak? Um, but uh, from what you've seen over the last few games, I think they're, they're, they're starting to click it's, into it's, top. It's, ma- it's maybe Brendan getting used to how the players want to play as well, Andy. They might be meeting in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I was fascinated listening to that two-touch thing because I saw Celtic at home to Ross County and Dundee very early in the season at the time they were playing that 4-2-3-1 and it was almost as if the ball wasn't coming forward to Kyogo quickly enough. You know, he used to play in the shoulder of the last defender and, and was he would make the run and the ball would come to him. And the ball wasn't coming to him quickly enough. I thought there was greater pace about Celtic yesterday. Quick ball by Palmer, quick first time finish by O'Reilly, quick passing movement, the inside right channel, cut back by Hitati, mm. tapped in by Maida. After the penalty miss, quick break in the left ball in, flashing finish by Kyogo. And there did seem to be more yeah. pace and more intensity about Celtic. You were full of praise for Kyogo and Andy Haldy, but you still don't think he should have won that penalty? No, I don't. And I said at the top of the show, I'm not going to sit here and say it altered the, the result. I don't think it did at all. But yeah, I thought it was a. I don't blame Nick Walsh too much in the original decision, but for me, VAR's there to overturn that uh, uh, that awarding of the penalty. For me, no penalty. I don't think Alex Cochran makes no any play for the ball. Uh, I, I think a perfect example to compare it with is I, I actually said the one at Dundee that people contested was a penalty. If you remember David Tumble uh, at the edge of the box, and the reason I said was. Yep. The ferocity and the pace that the Dundee defender goes in. If you don't win the ball, you're going to get a penalty against you. Whereas you look at it with Alex Cochran's uh, viewpoint, he goes and his hands up with no intention to play man or ball. Kyogo almost collapses his leg. He's already fallen and falls into uh, uh, Alex Cochran at the time. Penalty was given. We all thought it was going to get overturned. Uh, it wasn't. And then, obviously, at the end, it doesn't really matter because the penalty was missed. Has he got maroon tinted glasses on, Malcolm? Oh, 100%. If you uh, remember uh, Ryan Kent one when uh, he was uh, coming out the side of the box and there was a brush on the side of the knee, I'm, sh- I'm sure Andy was screaming for that one. Yeah. I, don't even, I don't even know which which one. I don't know, was that St Mirren or something? This is what does my head in because we have to remember I, I, the last five incidents. I think I can incidents. remember what about it. Um, is it Dortmund? Well, it was, I'm sure it was anyway, uh, right. It was in Europe. Let's limit ourselves to this one incident for now, just because we're close to beat the pundit. Roger, what um, do you think? It's a difficult one. I, I, you know something? I actually wasn't convinced from any of the angles. Um, Nick Walsh gave the penalty to begin mm-hmm. with, yeah. So is it getting overturned then? Is it a, is I, it the, the most frustrating phrase in football? Is it a clear and obvious error? I once you see probably, Andrew, once you see Cochrane's knee connect yeah, with the back of Kyogo's leg, is I, it getting overturned? I think Andrew Dallas is a VAR probably felt it wasn't a clear and obvious error and didn't overturn it. Had Nick Walsh not given it, he may not have overturned that. But because Nick Walsh gave it, Nick Walsh is there on the pitch, it's not a clear and obvious error, then Andrew Dallas approves it. And in, in the first anniversary of VAR in Scottish football, there was always going to be some controversy, Gordon. Well, it was a quiet day for it compared to when it had its debut at Tynecastle last oh. season. So um, thanks to Malcolm. Gary is also on the line. What's on your mind tonight, Gary? Yeah, um, 
just uh, the, uh, Roger's comment on the <laughs> evening, Roger. Hey, uh, Gary. Um, you know I'm only kidding on, Gary. No, 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 yeah. I think I he's panicking now, Gary. I don't think he is. It's like one of them when you say you're joking, but you're not really. Yeah. <laughs> if, you compare, if you want to compare them, then you need to compare magnitude of goals. <laughs> you know, Kyogo scored a winner at Ibrook against Rangers and their 50,000 fans. He scored a goal in the Champions League. End of chat. That's it. Comparison over. I know. Why yeah. did you do it, Roger? Um, who would you rather have in your team, Roger? Oh, well, there's that five-a-side team because I've already got Andy Halliday and Mark Wilson playing, so... Wow. You definitely need some legs then. As I said to Malcolm when he phoned there, Gary Kyogo, 60 goals in 95 games for Celtic. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at, that is a hugely impressive goal-scoring ratio. It's a better goal-scoring ratio at the start of his Celtic career than Henrik Larsson, so footballer of the year. I was only in the noise up, Gary. He's all over you the know. place, Gary. He's, com- he's, he's, he's compared <laughs> Kyogo to Seema and Henrik Larsson in the space of I've, 10 minutes. Yeah, I've compared them. Yep. Incredible. What, what jumped out for you yesterday, Gary? Um, I think that um, Newton Hattati's kind of back on form. Obviously, really, he's just maintaining and probably getting better. Um, I, I think that if that midfield trio with O'Reilly, Hattati, and McGregor are kind of playing, and maybe McGregor's kind of kind of in the shadows a bit now because uh, obviously how how good O'Reilly's playing, but if they three are playing kind of anywhere near the peak of the, the, the best level, I'm saying that no matter in Scotland at least could touch them. I mean, they're three fantastic players. Um, yeah, and they're so good to watch Hattati the way Hattati kind of speeds the game up in just one movement is just it's, it's great to watch um, and obviously yeah O'Reilly just seems to be going from strength to strength um, yeah I think the British first place in the field yeah I think I, I remember I was at the past Celtic Park when we played St Johnston and it was it was hard to watch um, but like Roger said it's, um, it's, it takes time maybe just to kind of mm-hmm. get presence influence back into that team because let's be honest with that he didn't have, it wasn't a rebuild job. Um, it wasn't Michael Wheeler Ibrooks. It was, he had a good team, a good squad, but I think they maybe just get, took time to kind of get used to each other's ways and, and now they're flying. They seem to be flying. Is that, even if everybody's fit, is that Celtic's best team, the one that played yesterday? Now, I know Navrocki and maybe even Lagard BL could come into the equation, but with everybody there, are Carter Vickers and Scales now the preferred central defensive pairing and has Lewis Palmer nailed down that last position in the front three, Gary? I think, well, I think it's um, it's their jersey to lose. Um, that's as much as you can say. I mean, obviously, Kyle Abaga, when he comes back in, would be pushing for a start, but on uh, the kind of, uh, kind of watching the, the performance yesterday, any player would feel really, really aggrieved, I would imagine, to be left out of the next team, um, uh, the next game. So, yeah, I think... At the minute, that's the best 11 because they played yesterday and they were superb. So, they hold the jerseys and it's theirs to lose. Um, <laughs> that's, that's good work because that means they're playing a bad record and advancing and those in the fringes in a minute. They're just going to have to you know, up their game as well. So, it's all good. Andy, that, again, you... And your teammates in particular would have wanted to make life more difficult But that is supposed to be a tough place for Celtic to go So is Pataudry, so is Ibrox, so is Living, Livy, so is, is at times for Park um, Celtic's away fixtures on paper haven't been easy at the start of the season But yet they've you know taken maximum points out of them Yeah, I, if you remember my first show this season I said I thought it was imperative that Rangers were, were top of the league after the first round of fixtures Because Celtic had to go to to Tynecastle, to Petordre, to you know the the so-called more difficult games in the league, and Rangers had all of them at home. And you know what's what's how it's panned out is they're seven points ahead because they've they've dealt with what's in front of them. And you know it was interesting because 
my first note that I wrote tonight was same lineup for Atletico. That was the first thing uh, thing I wrote in, in terms of the Celtic game because what's the job at hand when you come in as a new manager you want to integrate your own your, uh, your, your players you want to get your style of play uh, leveled out you want to build towards that and you want to find out your best 11 I think now Brendan Rodgers is starting to look at players and, and teams and say that's my best 11 I think Palmer's probably nailed down that jersey now uh, and I think Liam Scales as harsh as it is feels as if he's the only question mark but in terms of his performances over the last month to six uh, six weeks I can't see him getting dropped and it must be said that you look at the impact off the bench of players. I thought James Forrest was excellent when he came on, and I, I you know, it's interesting. I, I haven't seen too much of Awata, uh, but I thought he was really good when he came on yesterday as well. And, and Gary made a point. He described Callum McGregor as sort of you know fading into the background. If you're listening to Callum McGregor's post-match interview, he's certainly not in the background because he's the guy who drives the standards on the pitch for Brendan Rodgers. He's the guy who makes sure everything's working the way it should be, and, and he seemed actually upset that Celtic hadn't pushed on and scored five or six. Uh, thank you very much to Gary, which means it is that time of the night already. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Beat the pundit is a tough school on a Monday night. You've got two absolute anoraks in here, but the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So why not give it a go? 01419511025. The lines close at seven, so your chance to beat the pundit is next. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here They're waiting for you to get in touch So don't let them down 01419511025 If you look back on the weekend's football What did you make of it? We've had a good bit there uh, On Celtic's win at Tynecastle Andy Halliday told us he got a good view of Celtic's performance so what did you make of it Rangers fans what changes did you notice it was the first game under the new manager that is always an interesting afternoon because you pour over every last movement every last piece of body language every gesture uh, to see if it is a sign of things to come is there anything else that we've not touched on that you want to shift focus to I thought we might get some angry Partick Thistle fans you know uh, given the nature of that home defeat if there's anything else at all, you know the number. Give us a call and we'll play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, beat the pundit time. It's a new week, a clean slate. Let's see if we can get some victories on the board for the listeners, Alexanders and Darnley. How's it going, Alexander? How you doing, all right? Yeah, have you ever played before? Nope, never. Good, 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 good. Um, how do you usually do at home, all right? <laughs> bang average. <laughs> okay, bang average doesn't tend to be enough to beat one of these two, but you yeah, never know. That would make it even yeah, better. Uh, heads, it will be Roger Hanna. Tails, it will be Andy Halliday. Roger still starts on minus one. We're thinking about minus two. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. When I say we, I mean me. Uh, and it is heads. It's oh. you, Mr. Minus one. If you win tonight, you go to minus two. No. No, okay. Uh, Good luck, Alex. Enjoyed that negotiation there. Uh, right, let's give Roger some greatest hits radio to listen to. Right, Alexander, he'll be quick, so you need to be quick as well. But don't sacrifice accuracy. Answer as many as you can, and if you want to pass and move on, that's fine. Okay. Right, good man. Andy Haldy, you'll need to put those headphones on because that music is blaring back okay. through the mic. There we go. Uh, right, Alexander, your 30 seconds is on the clock and your time starts now. Who were the first UK side to qualify for Euro 2024? England. Who scored Celtic's third goal yesterday? 
Santiago Brian McLean's just left his position as head coach of which club? Pass Name any of the Scots to score in the English Premiership at the weekend McTominay How many games were called off in the Scottish top flight at the weekend? Three Who managed hearts in between Craig Levine and Robbie Nielsen? Pass Okay Let's bring back Roger Hanna Can you hear us Roger? Yes I've got you back Good Same set of questions Your time starts Now Who were the first UK side To qualify for Euro 2024? Scotland Who scored Celtic's third goal yesterday? Kyogo Brian McLean has just left his position As head coach of which Clyde Name any of the Scots to score In the English Premier League at the weekend McTominay How many games were called off In the Scottish top flight at the weekend? Three Who managed hearts in between Craig Levine and Robbie Nielsen? Daniel Stendhal Cameron Carter-Vickers Signed for Celtic From which team? Tottenham Which Dundee United player Scored a hat-trick Against Partick Thistle Which League 2 team Play their home games At Gallabank Annan But they're in League 1 Oh that's how good he is That's how good he is He's spotting the typos On the teasers And all sorts Oh Alexander What are you meant to do about that? (laughs) That's unreal Honestly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you, you, uh, you, you, I thought you were all right in places. Have you got someone in the back helping you? Well, you're allowed to, by the way. Just, just my pal. He's sitting here with us. We were on our way home from work. Who's what's his name? We'll give him a mention. Sean. Sean and Alexander. You teamed up. You double teamed Roger Hanna. And it was still terrible. <laughs> I think you know it wasn't. But I thought you, you did all right. But you just felt the, the first one. I'm ashamed of you both. Who were the first UK side I know, to qualify? I know. After, after I said it. <laughs> always let it be known by a quirk of the fixture list or not maybe it was the hard work done Scotland were two days before England so Roger that's his minus one wiped out so we're level if you like uh, you bo- you did know that Kyogo scored Celtic's third so we're still level Brian McLean has just left Clyde so Roger edges in front you knew Scott McTominay you could have said same game McBurney Ollie McBurney equalised you knew there were three top flight games off so you, you were kind of trying to hang on to his coattails <laughs> but then he shrugged you off because he was faster Daniel Stendhal Tottenham Hotspur Kevin Holt and Annan well spotting the mistake in the question he has got 100% of the questions right what can you do about that hard lines guys absolutely nothing you can do <laughs> good man cheers Alexander unlucky good Alexander. men there's got to be a 10th question coming Incredible. Um, <laughs> is that nine? Is yeah, nine out of nine. Eh? Oh my goodness! And do you know the worst of it is this question. This last question is ludicrous, like completely ludicrous. But anyway, true or false? Ange Postecoglou once had a cameo role in Neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. Ha- I've absolutely no idea. I'm going to have to say yes. It's false. He's got oh. it wrong. He's oh, there we go. He's fallen at the final hurdle. On one of the daftest questions in Beat the Pundit history. There we go. I checked these questions as well. And I, do you know what? This is the truth. So I checked them before we came on, which I don't always do. I'm a bit lazy sometimes. And I thought, okay, let's change that. Let's tweak that. Let's, and I didn't even get as far as the last one because I thought we never get uh-huh. to, we never get to the 10th question. You got it. And you're right. Annan play in League One under a Gallagher. The, the speed of the answers tonight was, was incredible. Ludicrous. I thought they were on the... Slightly easier side But to get them all is Well apart from the last one Which means Hugh Keevans has had a 10 this season And you haven't Oh Hugh Keevans had a 10? Yeah Ah I refuse to be You not heard this? No. So he, he took He took the questions home to, to like keep And then someone Got a commemorative mug made With all his answers To oh, the 10 yeah, questions And sent it He did, did he got, he got a 10 Oh he was wow. can, can you imagine 
how pleased he was. I wonder. Well, the questions were all about Tony Bennett and red wine. <laughs> ah, exactly. He's he's um specialist. He's mastermind subjects. Yeah. Weekends in Anstruther, Tony <laughs> Bennett, red wine, cold beans, and cold beans. Exactly. Uh, right. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number you need. You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. Don't worry. Tomorrow night and the next night and the next night and the next night. Beat the pundits. Not as hard as that. And I, I, I have to say though, if ever there was a minus two type performance, it was that. Yeah, for sure. I think we no. need to try it. No. Well, you would have battered Alexander and his pal on minus two tonight. No. The composure to say Anna in League One, but it's Anna. That is mad. I agree with that because I would. Oh, honestly, anyway, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, if there's anything you think we've missed. And you want to bring up, well, you know the number, put us in our Where place. are the Thistle fans? Where are the Kelly yeah. fans, Gordon? Exactly. Big win, big win for Kilmarnock, top six. Absolutely. That, that portion of the league is like, it was always kind of tight last season as well, but it sort of started that way, hasn't it? Yes, it's tight now, that's for sure. Um, where, you know, one, what were they, seven without a win? Seven, yeah, mm-hmm. one less than seven. Win one game and you're flying After up there. Rangers and Celtic in the first yeah. four domestic games. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure um, But get your calls into us Let us know how you look back on the weekend's talking points um, Yeah, Partick Thistle fans I would like to hear that, Roger Hanna Because you can't be getting beat four nil, uh, 5 nil, sorry, at home uh, In a game like that Albeit Dundee United are favourites for the league But that was a sore one, wasn't it? Very much so, yeah And I think it was I spoke to David Freel after the game He was there covering it for Super Scoreboard And he said the most alarming thing Was just the scale of the collapse After the second goal You know, I think at 1-0 Chris Doolan and Thistle Had real aspirations to get back into the game But as soon as the second goal went in It was just calamity They lost the, I think Ross Doherty hit the bar Somewhere between the third and the fourth Or the fourth and the fifth And United just dominated from then on And that must be a worry for Thistle Well, did you get us another Saturday off? Last Saturday off I saw you Ben Burb against Clyde Bank We're not out and about Scouting local football action This Saturday What was I doing this Saturday? Sitting on your backside Resting for I actually can't remember Appearance on But Sunday. yeah I, I, Do you know what I think this is the first weekend That I've not went to football At the weekend So I Getting can't too cold. I can't remember you why include yesterday? Sorry? You include yesterday? <laughs> Including yesterday But that's That's the norm now But I, I think uh, Storm Babette Ravaged the, the The Lowland League In the In the West of Scotland as well So it was difficult it's fine down here as well, that's the thing. But yeah. um it just means a an extra game to catch up on for the likes of St Johnston and Motherwell and Aberdeen and yeah. Dundee. Yeah. Um in a very selfish way. Hell's filling newspapers in the middle of the week, you know, all these rearranged games. I think we've got Dundee Ross County starting tomorrow night from the previous postponements, if you like, and now you know, there's gonna be a lot of football played between now and Christmas. We've got why well, I play cup semi finals, Andy's mm. there with hearts. We've got a lot of league games to catch up on as well. Scottish Cup starts the first SPFL team teams going into the Scottish Cup this weekend. So a whole heap of football to come. Be good. Uh, let's bring in Graham, who's a Rangers fan. Graham, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? Not bad at all. What are you thinking after the weekend? I'd like to speak to Andy. See, as a professional footballer, how can they go for that? Saturday's performance was really good. Delighted it. How can they go for that, for Morrow, Aberdeen, for that, just for the change of manager? I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult one to answer because you can never really 
put your, uh, your finger on it but you're, you quite often talk about this new manager bounce and, and the initial response you get from players and, and it, it, I think it's important that Rangers and Philippe Clement don't get carried away which I don't think they will but obviously there's harder tests to come and there's many different challenges in terms of different styles they're going to play against but uh, I have said previously that I do think Rangers had to play with more width I think it suited the personnel within the squad uh, I think they've done that at the weekend I think they've done it really really well uh, and again I think for for any manager especially with what we just just over two months now for, for uh, to the January transfer window as he has to get the best out of, of the players he's got at his, his disposal and I think Conor Golson, James Tavernier Nicholas Raskin John Lundstrom they four for me had their best performances of the season at the weekend so I think that's really really important as well that he, get, he gets the best out of the current crop over the next two months before he evaluates what he has to improve on What did you think was the difference Graham? So was it was it just that? Was it that kind of increased energy, intensity, fight, all those buzzwords, or was it something more specific? It seemed to have a better energy about him, a mayor. Played as a team, but I feel kind of a cheated for the last six weeks. They've been going out there. I don't think they've been trying. I'm not saying they've not been trying, that's trying. <laughs> that's the quickest U turn of all time. It's <laughs> hard to think to say about the I know what you mean. But I think they've went into the games with the wrong attitude. And they've cheated us for six weeks, mate. For the Celtic, for the, uh, for the Celtic game and the PSV game. Or is the new manager, and it's very early, but did the new manager just do something to get the best out of them that the previous manager didn't? Is that not the point of changing the manager? I mean, you want an improvement, don't you? But you said it wasn't Harry Potter by a magic wand, so what did they do? <laughs> Indeed. Magic stick, to be per- to be precise, Roger. Um, Mark, Mark Wobble had a magic hat, didn't they? He used to sing. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I mean, I know what Graham's coming from, and you, because you hear this a lot. But at the same yeah. time, I mean, if you change so, the manager, you, so, you you want an upturn. That's that's the point. Correct me, stop me any time, Andy. If I start talking nonsense here, stop. Stop. For, uh, footballers are human beings. Now, for the last six weeks, you've had an inkling that Michael Beale's going to leave Rangers, and I've had an inkling that Michael Beale's going to leave Rangers. Rangers players would have had an inkling that Michael Beale was going to leave Rangers. And sometimes that can get inside your head and sometimes, you know, you, you just can't raise your game and sometimes it all gets on top of you and you're almost as a player waiting for the manager to go and waiting for a new manager to come in and a new start, if you like. And it struck me that was what was happening at Rangers. There was almost an inevitability when Michael mm. Beale finally went that Sunday after the Aberdeen game. And I think, regardless who came in, this isn't a slight and flip Clement, who I'm quite impressed with in his first day at work on Saturday. But whoever had come in, I think the players would have raised their game on Saturday there. Yeah. There's nothing to say that Michael Beale's Rangers wouldn't have went and won that game convincingly as well with the way that Hibs played, to be honest with you. And But listen, the sample size throughout the season showed mm. that it wasn't. It wasn't there. It wasn't clicking. It was too ponderous. It, I don't think the style was suiting uh, the players and how they tried to play. But what I did like what he said was, um, I think you could see that quite a few players were devoid of confidence. I don't think that's controversial to say that. And he just he, all he spoke about and all his information was to Cyril Dessers in particular was just work hard. And I think it's it's very it's very simple bit of advice. But I think it's relevant. I think if you are struggling within your game, I think the easiest thing to do is just to work hard because that hard work and that fortune sort of coincide with each other but sometimes you just need that little bit of luck and I think he got that at the weekend because he had two or three half chances beforehand I thought he um, I thought he was almost too composed with a chance beforehand that leads to uh, Abdullah ah, Seaman's goal yeah. and then again it was similar with the type of 
composure he showed for the, the rich goal and then you say oh that was a nice bit of composure to find the finish but fundamentally if he came off the pitch beforehand that Philippe Clement mm. says he would have been happy with his job because he worked hard for the team I'm interested that you think that was too composed that run for Seamus that sort of struck me as the type of panic that I would be in if I went through on goal at that point so I'm going to bear that in mind sorry guys I was just uh, too composed um, but Seamus benefited from it anyway um Let's hear a bit more on that, you know, the Rangers manager, because you're talking about not getting carried away in one game sort of thing. He says the early signs are good, um, but there is a lot they still need to improve on. Impressed is a, is a big word. I'm happy. I'm happy about the result. I'm happy that the seeds that we planted this week uh, in the two days or the days before with the guys who were here, that the team uh, is trying to do them as good as possible. I still saw a lot of details we can, we can make better. But I've seen a team uh, really, really stayed well in the structure, made the runs also without ball. Um, also the tempo that, that we played. And the most important thing for me was the reaction after losing ball or after missing a chance. Our reactions were good and that's a crucial part in, uh, in modern football. Uh, let's bring in, we'll thank da- uh, Graham for his call and bring in David. How are you, David? Not bad, Gordon. How are you doing? Not bad in here. What are you thinking tonight? Hi, 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 Gordon. Obviously, Andy and Roger. Hi, David. Um, just obviously uh, through social media and things like that, I've seen a lot going on about with um, Jack Butland and kind of um, kind of getting looked at over uh, with Birmingham, and I just hope that Rangers aren't going to sell to come January window. Let Butland on um, to can I get some money for the manager to spend because obviously I think that he's been the outstanding player since um, Lee's come in and I just hope that uh, that Rangers are going to sell him, get money and, and, and that's what's going to give us money for for the January window. I don't know what Andy and that think of that. Well, I think Wayne Rooney wants him at Birmingham, but I cannot see Rangers selling Jack Butlin in January. He sends out all the wrong messages, David. I cannot see Philip Clement um, sanctioning that at all. And I'm not even sure Jack Butlin would want to go. He's been down there, he's seen it at Birmingham, he's played championship football. Well, part of the drive for Jack Butlin coming up to Rangers was to get regular first-team football in a team that he felt could compete for silverware. And having spoken to Jack Butlin, Personally, but from the interviews I've seen, it strikes me he's quite happy with his move up here. Yeah, and he, he, I agree. I think he's been the, the outstanding performer for Rangers, but it's interesting because for the last three, four, five seasons, we've heard about this player trading model. If you bring in somebody in a free transfer and sell them for five million six months later, it's a pretty good player trading model. So, uh, listen, I don't think they'll be actively trying to sell him, uh, but he'll have his price. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but for me, I, c- I can't see it happening. I'd be very surprised if it did. David, anything about yeah. the new manager's first game in charge that jumped out for you, good, bad or somewhere um, in the middle? Yeah, no, it was. Um, I thought it was a, a lot better performance. I, um, I thought um, when the Cantwell came on, I thought totally uh, Cantwell just it was really good. And um, I just think I, I'm just I'm just a wee bit worried that to compensate for the money that's been spent uh, with um, our last manager that. That that's where we're going to have to sell in our top asset, and that'll be Jack Butland. That's what I'm worried about. David, really worried about this Jack Butland possibility. I must admit, I just didn't. Um, 
I know, as you say, there's interest there, Roger. It just it seems unlikely for, yeah, for whatever I, reason. I, I can't see it. And I'm not too sure Rangers are under desperate pressure to be selling anybody at the minute, particularly when Philippe Clement is just in the door. I think what he will do, you know, people were talking last week saying, oh, he's, he's got two months before he can bring a player in in the transfer window. He's also got two months to assess whether or not he wants to push players out in the transfer window. But I can't imagine Jack Butland is, is near the top of the queue of the players that, that Clement would want to, to move out in January. Uh, thanks, David. 01419511025. We'll get a full-time teaser and more calls next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here. You can get in touch on the phones or on Twitter. A tweet coming in for Andy Halliday, uh, which is a very good point that Craig Meikle makes. Make sure Andy hasn't left his retainers in a tissue this time. How do you look back on that episode last week where Monday comes... You can't do Monday's show last week because you've just been fitted with your very expensive retainer. Yep. Fast forward to Tuesday night, one day on, they're hurting you, you take them out, you put them in the desk and producer Chris bins them. It's a point where I, I felt as if I really made it in this role that I've got because the, the composure I showed, the composure I showed not to react or blow up at that at that moment in time was... So you realised whilst like still on air? Yeah, and my heart was two feet below this seat, so... Uh, was it, where was it in your... I can't I can't quite say, but the, the fact that I managed to not say anything about it for the next ten minutes to the next break, mm. but I was picking, you know, scales at my teeth for the next two weeks because he put it in a paper recycling bin as well, so just as well, because if it was in our regular bin, I might have got huge cold beans for the Friday, so... Okay. Can I just say... There's nobody to blame but yourself. I had two children who are now grown-ups who both had retainers and the number of times they ended up in bins or lost and it cost me an absolute fortune. So you Let's take see. care of your retainers. Sorry, Dad. sitting right there, right in front of me. There was no need for them to be binned. Except none of us noticed when he came in and binned them. I know. I don't remember I know, I don't it at how, all. I don't know how as well. It's funny because, see, the more we told the story, people did say to me, is that what you and Andy Halliday were discussing at the end of the show? So the mic's cut off, it. but you can still see the live stream and you and I are like pointing at each other and pointing at the desk I and know. gesticulating. So there we go. I Lesson just learned. got them back. Are they back in? Later. They're feeling, back in. They're feeling better this week. Actually, I, I feel more, uh, I feel a lot was, better about the situation, good. yeah. Was it producer Chris? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Does that figure? Well, it does figure tonight because I've had this empty teacup sitting here since about quarter past six that he normally comes in and laughs. He's obviously petrified. Andy Halliday's put the fear of death into the poor boy. Anyway, uh, right, I've got a full-time teaser for you. Thanks to James and Paisley who has sent this in. Can you name... Wow, interesting question. Six, Scotland... Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slat wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. That was my fault. I've missed that. I missed, I missed the bit of chaos that we had last week. Yeah, no, 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 that was just my fault. I forgot the dramatic music. Can please, you name... Please, please tell me I've not got to name the seven colours at Sliding Wardrobe Solutions years. No. Um, name the six Scotland internationals. They've got at least ten caps since 95, but their first name... And their surname begin with the same letter. So there are six Scotland internationals who've been capped at least ten times since 1995. And their first name and surname begin with the same letter. 
That's horrendous. I think the standard of questions recently have been brilliant, and that's another cracker, but it's, it's going to be tough. Did Ange answer this when he was in Neighbours? <laughs> that is a, a really good question. Do you want to know, right, what, for me, because I've got the beauty of seeing the answers, what's even harder about it is because there are quite a few that you would, even if you think of the name, they're probably close to the 10 cap mark. What? One I wasn't sure if he'd got 10 Gordon Greer Yes, Gordon Greer He's well got done. 10, yeah wow. Yeah, under Strachan They played a lot, didn't he? How many does he have? I'm going to look up Gordon Greer Let's see Carry on though Please think amongst yourselves Whilst I uh, have a little look He's got 11 <laughs> Here we go What about Barry Bannon? Yeah They're not all from the Gordon Strachan era But we will leave it there Because that means we're only looking for another Four, six Scotland internationals Capped at least 10 times since 95 They've got the same letter for their first name and their surname, like Barry Bannon, Gordon Greer. You see where we're going. Brian, I've got no idea what his surname is. I don't need to know that information, but he is on the line from Paisley and he is a disgruntled Partick Thistle fan. Is that right, Brian? No disgruntled, no. I'm more disgruntled about uh, the fans. I mean, uh, what Chris Dillon done last season was amazing. Um, we lost a lot of players It didn't get much money back in And we're still At the top of the league But our, our fans think They should sack him And really I think Dylan's done brilliant Fair enough I See I, I, that's my fault Roger Dived straight in Yellow card for me I see Brian Thistle fan He must be disgruntled They've just been battered 5-0 at home But Brian wants to put a more positive spin on things He thinks the criticism On the back of that has been too much um, It's a funny league isn't it It's not that long ago Thistle have gone to Somerset Park And put in four past air on a Friday night um, And since then They haven't really kicked on The way you would have expected them to Brian's right Chris Dolan did a tremendous job in The last weeks of last season Getting Thistle to within A penalty kick Of the Premiership again And there have been changes in the summer Some players have gone Notably Kevin Hall to come back to haunt Thistle mm. at the weekend Ross Doherty who was the captain of United back at Firhill at the weekend So players have gone It was always going to be a big ask to keep pace with Dundee United But I think if the board hold their nerve and stick with Chris I think Thistle are certainties to be back into the playoffs again at least Yeah it's not all lost at this stage in the season Brian But that, that's a bad result at home is it not? No it's a terrible result Don't get me wrong but um, I think after the third one went in, the first heads went down. So, um, I mean, technically, Thistle need money. Um, I think we were one of the first teams ever to get into liquidation and pulled ourselves out here. And I think the, whatever's happened to Thistle now, we're still there. And one day we'll be back in the Premier League. He's aiming high, I don't mind that Andy, can that happen? I know it's difficult to comment specifically But do you get that sometimes where The the, 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 the roof just totally caves in? You feel that as a player? Like what, I think Brian says once the third goes in How easily that becomes five Is that like a sinking feeling you get when you're out there? 
I almost feel as if sometimes it makes it easier to play. If that makes sense when you go three 0 down because the sort of shackles are off, you've nothing to lose. But you no, know, having you no know, only seen the highlights for the weekend, I thought that you know going into the game, obviously party have a chance to, to narrow the gap to one. So it's obviously a build up to be a massive game leading up to it. Uh, Dundee United have been performing really well recently, but I thought that the standard of goals they conceded party this were really really poor. Uh, you know, corner, cross ball, cross ball. Uh, it seems as if they were. Uh, they were really struggling with physicality and, and, and balls for the wider areas but you know Chris Dillon the, the job he done towards the end of the, uh, the season was fantastic and you know I, I think saying that they lost it by a penalty doesn't even do it, it justice how they uh, how they didn't go up last yeah. season such was the, the position they were in at, against Ross County but I'm sure if he gets back they'll, they'll turn their fortunes around what are they still sitting third on the table just now? So? Yeah I think so but he's great throwers Yeah so still in the, in the playoff position and, and try to look forward The Last decade or so have been littered with examples of big clubs, Roger Hanna, going into the Championship and struggling to get back out. And Dundee United themselves know all about that, but the early season indication is that they're not going to have any difficulty this time. Um, yeah, I, I, I suspect you're right. I think um, I think the signing of Louis Mould was a good signing. I don't need to tell you about Louis mm. Mould's qualities. Gordon, um, Tony Watt as well as played King, a, King Louis, if you don't mind. Well, indeed, Tony Watt, another former motherwell man has played at a considerably higher level than the Championship. And you just look around the same, you know, Craig Sibbald scored a good goal at the weekend. They've gone and got Doherty and Holt from a Championship rival. Declan Gallagher, not that long ago, was keeping Alexander Mitrovic in his pocket in a playoff in Belgrade. So these are good players that Jim Goodwin's taken in. I would expect them to win the league with 12 or 15 points. Uh, thanks a lot to Brian, Partick Thistle fan. It's not been a great weekend on the scoreboard, but Brian wants to... Still have a bit of faith, a bit of praise uh, for the job that's being done at the moment. I suppose absolute cliche, but it just makes the next one really important. It's about, I guess, how you react from that. Can you can you make sure it's a a one off rather than a result that really rocks everybody into a slump? What's the best game to have? A derby away to Queens Park at Hamden on Friday night. There we are. Um, we'll keep an eye on that one throughout the week. Thanks again to Brian. You can tweet us as well. Remember, but we much prefer to have a good old conversation with you so pick up that phone on 01419511025 uh, I thought Thomas was about to come on I don't seem think we can get him on the phone so why not me just repeat his point it seems like a fair uh, way of doing it since we can't get him at the moment he wanted to praise Matt O'Reilly uh, and thinks he's been a, a brilliant player for Celtic this season I wonder what you make of his contribution both oh he's been absolutely terrific um, he was saying at the weekend um, and this is something I've never really experience before Gordon but he was talking about losing weight and how that you know shedding those pounds he feels more energy hold on a minute an hour and a half ago you came in the studio and bragged to me that you were in the gym at half seven this morning I didn't say I was doing it I could have been at the vending machine for all you know um, but no I, I think you know Matt O'Reilly he's been looking after himself better than ever before and he's reaping the rewards you know you see that run into the box it's fine finish from Louis Palmer's pass and he just seems to get better and better this season. I'll be fascinated to sit him down and just ask the sort of differences in the instructions that he gets from Brendan Rodgers compared to Ange Postecoglou. You know, whether Ange was happy with him sitting back and letting the, the three front pairs, you know, dominate the goal scoring, whereas Brendan's maybe encouraging him to go. But was it eight or nine he's got now for the, for the season, Gordon, in all competitions? I think I actually did. Six in the league. Um, Top six, scorer in the league. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Actually, he's got more in the league than Seymour. <laughs> I actually did interview him on that a couple of weeks ago so th thanks for watching um, it sounds like you really enjoyed it but he, he said it's just it's the best he's felt physically and mentally yeah. this season um, I think that if you certainly look at early season and it's funny because 
like Ange Postacoglu could do no wrong really and he's got we'll see him tonight he's, he's gone on to to do no wrong down the road yeah. as well um, but clearly there was those couple of digs early on from Matt O'Reilly clearly I don't know if it's about preferring but he, he, he's made reference to the different man management style of Brendan Rodgers being a bit more hands on being a bit more well, you know, in terms yeah, of communication, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. And I don't think Matt O'Reilly suffered on the ranch post Coglu. You know, he won exactly th- five yeah, yeah. trophies out of six. So <laughs> don't feel too sorry for him. But if he prefers working with Brendan Rodgers, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And even just his role within that team, Andy, because as Roger says, Matt O'Reilly was a good Celtic player last season, a very good Celtic player. If you were to write a list of like, you know, importance to Celtic, uh, you know, or, or like top performer. Kyogo obviously cleaned up in all the Player of the Year awards. People kept mentioning Cameron Carter-Vickers. Callum McGregor always gets there for his consistency. Jo- I mean, there would be a few that would take the headlines, a good few above Matt O'Reilly. Do you think, has he got the potential to be Celtic's main man this season? He has been so far. I don't think there's any yeah. doubt about that. Uh, but it almost felt as if last year we were talking about Celtic's main man. It seemed to rotate from month to month because someone just had a strong yeah. month and then somebody else different. Uh, Player of the month this yeah, month, isn't it? And, and, and listen, last season, I think he finished last season with the, the most assists in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and, and had a great season, but it seems this season he's added more goals to his game. Uh, he's making impacts in the, in the final third of the pitch. And you know, what a month he's had. Player of the month, first cap for Denmark, and, and uh, six goals top, uh, top score in the league. So he's obviously doing really well. Um, yeah, going to be interesting to see how he progresses. Um, Rio is on the line. How's it going, Rio? Hi, hi there, Gordon. How are you? Not bad at all. You? Are you well? Yeah, I'm good. Good stuff. What's What's made you call tonight? Hey, I've just I heard you talking about Matt O'Reilly there. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to make the point about William Scales, how well he's came in uh, out, out of the cold and he's performed and it looks as if he's been playing there for years. Sometimes in my own head envisage what Clyde 1 Super Scoreboards are going to sound like throughout a season Roger I did not imagine we would have so many calls praising Liam Scales yeah um, if Liam Scales had cost £4 million from Inter Milan in the summer you'd have a lot more calls people saying what a great signing he's been um, it just took a lot of people a bit of time to appreciate Liam Scales and he's done so well now I mean he's ahead of Nat Phillips who's a Liverpool player Mike Naroki who cost a bit of money Gustav Lagerbiel, who cost a bit of money, and he's in there in merit. Was, you know, asked one of the callers earlier on, I think it was Gary, the Celtic fan, is the team that played at Tynecastle yesterday Celtic's first choice team now when everybody's fit? And he agreed that it was. And that says, a, says a, an awful lot for Liam Scales that he's in there. He's won his first Ireland caps during the last international break there. And listen, it's, it's all credit to him for the way he's dug in. I mean, Gustav Lagerbielka. And they spent the international break starting for Sweden and scoring for Sweden. He then comes back not only to be behind Liam Scales in the pecking order because that's not a surprise given his performances, but not even in the squad. No, well, he, well, he played alongside Scales for for three games, and I thought Liam Scales outperformed them in all three. And uh, you, you know, you went in every game saying, "Oh, well, that now this is a test for Liam Scales. His first old firm game, pass it with flying colours. Then, oh, now it's his first European game, away to final, pass it with flying colours. I actually thought he was Celtic's best player in the night." You know, at the weekend he's playing against a guy that scored 30 goals last season and uh, again he just keeps performing uh, at the highest level I actually think he's arguably been Celtic's most consistent performer mm. outside Matt O'Reilly for the last month or six weeks uh, so I think I, I can't remember who the caller was earlier that said it but it's all 11 right now is jersey to lose and if Liam Scales continue to play the way he's playing then I don't think we see Lagabelka come in anytime soon It's funny you mentioned Brendan Rodgers man management style and how it seemed from the outside to appeal to Matt O'Reilly 
going to be put to the test in trying to, to juggle all that. You know, if Mike Navrotsky and Lager Bielka, I mean, in isolation, one of them having to miss out constantly for Liam Scales is interesting. But the fact that it's both, as you say, and Nat Phillips. Um, I think that's what happens at a club of the size of Celtic. You know, mm. you can only have eleven. You need a big squad. Uh, no, generally yes, but th- this is this is quite unique. I don't. Nat, Nat Phillips, I don't think would have been signed. No, Liam Scales had that, his performances well, three yeah. weeks leading up to yeah, it. You're absolutely right because I spoke to Brendan early in the season after one of those games for Super Scott, but I think it was maybe the Dundee game, and he said he, w- he wanted four centre halves. Now he's actually got five because of the injuries, and I would assume that Phillips would probably Stephen, go back to Liverpool in Stephen January. Wells just signed a long-term contract. Stephen Wells was well. injured as well. At that stage. He said he wanted four fit ones at that stage, and he was struggling Kobe to Ashi. get the four. Yeah, honestly, Iwata plays there sometimes, does he? Um, I forgot about Kobe Ashi. It has to be said. Rio, was that the best performance of the season yesterday? I think I asked this la- uh, last game Celtic played as well, but was it yesterday? Yeah, I would definitely say so, and it, it just shows you, like, see, prior to the old firm game, we'd nipped it, me and a lot of my pals were expecting Rangers to go out there and, like, absolutely demolish Celtic, but now, four weeks later, Michael Beale's been sat and Brendan Rodgers as manager of the month, I think it just shows you how quickly the tables can turn, and how quickly us punters, <laughs> you like to call us that, are to forget, like, what managers do. Oh, things don't stay still for long in Scottish football, Roger, oh, no. that's for sure. No, absolutely not. And listen, pe- people could be changing tunes about Brendan Rodgers and Philippe Clement by the time these European games in midweek take place again. Um, that's how fast things move in here. But it was two good performances. Rangers Saturday, Celtic and Sunday. Rangers best of the season, possibly. Celtic's best of the season, probably. And I actually think they're, they're well set up now for two extremely difficult European games in midweek. Yes, thank you very much to Rio 01419511025. Any Thistle fans maybe want to come on and, uh, sorry, any Kilmarnock fans want to come on and praise an important win at the weekend? Maybe you do want to focus on these upcoming European games, whatever it is, do it right now if you can. Uh, right, the question tonight the last, uh, the six Scotland internationals, they've got at least 10 caps since 95 and they've got the same letter for both their first name and their surname, like Barry Bannon, like. Gordon Greer Well I asked Roger if I could take the first one Because when we walked in the studio tonight I said why is there always A different know, picture in that photo frame You're right, it's, how weird is that And it's Colin Cameron today And that just triggered He could be one for that answer I don't know why, I don't know if I ca- any of our fancy cameras Are capable of spotting that There is, and it's probably something to do With our colleagues June Cameron and Stephen Mill Because they're a bit wacky and unpredictable But every week there is a different picture On uh, the mantelpiece, if you like, over there, for whatever reason, it is Colin Cameron tonight. Just sta- literally mm. staring you in the face. Why would you and Cameron have a framed picture of a man who scored a goal for Hearts in a Scottish Cup final? Cousin. It's his cousin mm. as well. You You're kidding me on. That's Ewan's cousin, Colin. No way. Nah, I've just made that up completely. <laughs> well, I, was, I was going to say, it's unlikely to have talent like that in Ewan's family. Uh, hey, well, the camera's <laughs> panned there for us as well. I know, sure. And then it was going off because it's got, look at the big bottle of Dettol. <laughs> on the on the shelf as well. That's for cleaning retainers. Two Mike muffs, a bottle of Dettol, a picture of Colin Cameron, and whatever else that is on there. Aye, it's dusty. Let's take that camera off it if you can. We'll get the last two answers and more of your calls if you want after these. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 
Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are in the building They've got some work to do on this full-time teaser Thanks to Sliding Wardrobe Solutions Eastco Bright for helping us out there Make sure you check out their trade counter on Colville's Road In Eastco Bride uh, We're looking for six Scotland internationals Who've been capped at least ten times since 95 Whose first name and surname begin with the same letter Barry Bannon Gordon Greer Colin Cameron Since we started this question Something's been annoying me about Barry Bannon I feel like there was a Gordon DL faux pas I mean there, there, have, yeah, been, there, there, was, there yeah. have been many On the teaser involving Barry Bannon And I've eventually remembered what it was I was trying to give them clues To something at the end of a, of a show Andy And I said it's a double barrel name And Gordon went Barry Bannon <laughs> <laughs> As only he could do Um You've got three more to get I said two before the break Forgive me What are you going with? So one you, want, each? you want two just now? One each? Give me one each And see if you've got I'm getting them. a vivid Scott Severin memory In my head It's a great shout It is a great shout Scott Severin You're always going to listen to the question Why do you go back to 95? Obviously somebody from that era in mm-hmm. it Like Colin Calderwood Yes Great shout That is a great shout Part of the 98 squad wasn't he? Yeah France 96 as well oh, There we go France 96 Sorry France Euro 96 France 98 Anyway right Okay we'll get one to get And look if you like the sound of that That was James and Paisley tonight But if you think that you could come up with a question And maybe catch the guys out Well the address you need is Fulltime At Clyde1.com Send them in And uh, let us know If you've got what it takes To trick the guys And stump them Between now and the end of the show Matthew actually sent in Colin Calderwood And Barry Bannon So good shouts From him you can tweet us all night as well um, I like this from Sammy Bahoy Who says Pure howling at these media chaps Pronouncing the Rangers manager name With that French accent Is right up there with Joey Barton's French interview And I, I, I don't totally disagree But we can't be calling him Phil Clement Do you know what I mean? That's just, that's just not his name It sounds like somebody in East Enders You've got to give it a bit of a go Yeah Hugh Evans is the best, I think. Oh, he's got that French, I see. He's got that Jeremy sort of, Alliadier thing he's, going. He's got it down. But come on, Sammy boy. Cut us a bit. Of, he's an, he ain't Phil Clement. So we've got to give it the Clement treatment, don't you? Even if you feel a bit uneasy doing so. Of course. We're cultured in this part of the world, Sammy boy. Come on. Let us off the hook. Uh, you can still tweet us or call before at the end of the show. Though we are fast running out of time. Um, come on, big win. I don't think we've really given it as much attention as we should have earlier on in the show. Yeah, big win. As Andy said, Andy gave him player of the weekend. Kel Vassell, Kilmarnock captain, Derek McInnes, gave him the armband in the summer, gave him a lot of responsibility at the football club. And on Saturday, he repaid him and then some. Took his goals really well. Danny Armstrong, again, performing really well. And I was down for Super Scoreboard when he drew with St Mirren two or three weeks ago there, Gordon won one. And there was just a wee lack of cutting edge for them that day and if they can get Vassell going the way they did at the weekend then they will push for the top six Yeah, I, I always felt Kilmarnock last year, the two things they had to prove improve on going into this season was their away form and finding that guy up front that's going to score them a dozen goals a season and you, you almost felt what Kel Vassell was going to be really important within that, Marley Watkins I felt was a great signing but in terms of a prolific goal scorer he's never really been that type of a, a number nine uh, and at the start of the season it was him, Matty Kennedy was sometimes playing off him, they never quite got that partnership because Derek McKenzie spoke about wanting to play two up front in certain games uh, and the fitness of, of Kel Vassell I thought was always going to be really really important to that and 
he's came back over the last couple of weeks and performed really, really well. Uh, such a physical presence. I think, you know, if I could epitomise a Derek McInnes striker, I think he just fits the bill perfectly. And uh, I think he's focal to everything that could matter what to do. Um, well, just quite rightly pointed out Danny Armstrong. I think he's be, he became a really key player for them over the last year or so as well, chipping in the goals left, right, and centre as well. I think he was a top goal scorer last season. Uh, but on the other hand, Livingston are. Yeah, having a bit, t- a bit of a tough time at it at the moment, so I'm sure they'll want to pick mm. up pretty soon. Absolutely, I'm actually going to Levy on Saturday for Super Scoreboard when they played in D. That is a big, big game for both teams. Actually, if Dundee could get something at home to Ross County tomorrow night, I think they would go into that game full of encouragement. And Livingston, you know, having beaten Motherwell in their last game, would be very, very flat after that performance at Kelly. Big midweek coming up, we're Huge. back to it, back with a bang after the international break into these European matches and uh, all kicks off in a couple of days for Celtic, not an easy task. Not an easy task, you see Antoine Griezmann scoring a hat-trick away at Celta Vigo at the weekend yep. after his performance for France against Scotland last Tuesday night. Um, that's a sort of level of player Diego Simeone will bring with Atletico Madrid to Celtic Park. Um, it's a big ask. It really is a big ask, but I think when you see Celtic at Tinkers yesterday, the Celtic are as ready for this task as they're ever going to be. Yeah, I don't claim to have watched a lot of Atletico Madrid games this season, but I always feel like Atletico Madrid, Diego Simeone, 1-0. 1-0 merchants. Yeah. They're the world's greatest team at winning 1-0, but don't seem as if they're that kind of team this year. They've actually you know, been quite leaky domestically and in the Champions League. They were 2-1 down to final. We were in here shocked every time we've seen a a goal popped up within that game, uh, obviously conceding the last minute against Lazio as well. So I think Celtic have shown in, in Champions League games, not only this season, season, but last season, they can compete at this level. But they have to be more ruthless in both boxes. I don't think you can get the, uh, give the likes of Aaron Marata and Antoine Griezmann many chances within the game. And the chances they do create, they're going to have to take them. Um, and this is the problem, I guess, for Celtic, Roger. You know, when you're at that level, it's... Entirely conceivable that Celtic do fine in this game and compete and are fine and get edged out by Atletico Madrid in isolation. That's not, that wouldn't be a big shock. Yeah. It wouldn't be a big scandal. It wouldn't be a big embarrassment, but it would be another winless night, you know, for Celtic in the Champions League. I'm obviously not writing them off before it started, but, you know, when you're at that level and you've then not got off to a winning start and a maybe a more winnable game against Lazio. Um, it just it's just tough, isn't it? I, th- I think success at this level, Gordon, is finishing third in the group and then getting into Europe again after Christmas in, in the lower competition. Um, after two defeats, though, you wonder where Celtic are going to get the points to finish third in the group. If they're going to get them, Wednesday's big. Celtic first, then Rangers and Aberdeen up as well. So it's going to be a great week here on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Make sure you tune in. Can you name the six Scotland internationals who have been capped at least ten times since '95? The same letter for their first name and surname. Colin Calderwood, Colin Cameron, Scott Severin, Barry Bannon and Gordon Greer. Andy Halliday, are you giving us the last one? Or? Well, we both showed evidence that uh-huh. we managed to come up with the same answer at the same hope, hope time. Right. So we've done very, very well. I think it is Craig, and I'll let you finish the second name. Conway? No. Oh not, not ten caps? No. I haven't even oh. thought since that because I thought that was nailed on. Wow. Andy Halliday. Andy oh, Hall- I played I tr- him. I played him. No. Oh, no. I tried to give it to you, specifically you, for a reason. Because this guy, he does have, he's got exactly 10 caps for Scotland. Mm-hmm. Not for Nigeria. For Scotland. Oh, 
Oh, I know who it is. Come on. Oh. Hurry up, 10 seconds, quick. What? Put him at his misery. Kevin Kyle. Kevin Kyle. <laughs> Thank you. We're back tomorrow from 6 o'clock. Callum Gallagher is up next with tickets to give away for Jason Derulo.